Good morning, you beautiful English learners. I'm not going to sing. I am a horrendous singer. Absolutely horrendous. I cannot hit a note. To hit a note. And there's a great idiom for you off the bat. Well, so many idioms. Anyways, to hit a note. Uh, my name is Ronan. I'm a horrendous singer. I am unable to hit a note. And that means that I have no tune. I am unable to sing well. And that I'm always going to sing out of tune. So much so that when I was in college, I was hooking up with this chick and I started to jokingly sing and she literally told me to stop. She told me no, no, no. Now, she was a musician. So obviously she was quite uh, particular and quite good at music. And then there was me who, uh, well, she wasn't with me for my uh, singing abilities, to say the least. Anywho, moving on. This podcast, folks, is all about the word devil. Now, on Monday, I released the podcast, A Devil 4. And I had recorded that ages ago. And in that one, I spoke about being a devil for chips. Because, you know, I just found a pack of chips. And I was like, I really want to eat the chips. And I realized I am an absolute devil for chips. I gave the example of my grandfather, who was a devil for having candy in his pocket. And when he got diabetes, nobody was surprised. I gave you the example of how my grandfather was a devil for speeding. Oh boy, did he like to speed. He would never, ever, ever obey the speed limit. But in this podcast... We're going to have a look at a whole, about five or six different idioms with the word devil. And we're going to look at speak of the devil, to give the devil his due, devil is in the details, the devil you know, and to play devil's advocate. So we got some really, really, really good idioms coming your way right now. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, so let's take a look at the idiom to speak of the devil. So this is a phrase that we use when a person who is mentioned in a conversation suddenly and unexpectedly appears. Hey, speak of the devil, we were just talking about you. Oh, there's John, speak of the devil himself. So let's imagine there's two people talking, Sarah and John. And Sarah says, hey, has anyone seen Michael today? He said he'd call by. And at that very moment, Michael walks in the door. So what does John say? Well, speak of the devil, there's Michael. Well, speak of the devil, there he is. Speak of the devil, there's Michael. So we use it, or John used it in that case there, because, you know, Sarah was looking for Michael, and boom, Michael suddenly and unexpectedly appeared. Another example. You, let's say, Amanda is talking. And Amanda is thinking, God, I haven't spoken to Lisa in quite some time. I should give Lisa a call at some point. And then, suddenly, Lisa sends Amanda a message. Oh, speak of the devil, she just texts me. No, speak of the devil, she just called me. So, in that case, Amanda's thinking, gosh... I haven't seen Lisa in so long. We're best friends. I wonder how she's doing. And then suddenly, Lisa texts Amanda. Oh, speak of the devil, she just messaged me. Now, there's a couple of other ways that we can use it. I remember being at work once or twice. And then, there's a few variations, I should say. So, I remember I was at work one time. 
and I was talking with a colleague about someone else, not negatively, because we needed their help. And I was like, oh, I bet Thomas can answer that. And then Thomas just walked around the corner. And I, and I said, well, speak of the devil and he shall appear. So that's another way to add on to it. Oh, speak of the devil, he shall appear. He shall appear. And, you know, it is just one of those phrases that we use when a person turns up unplanned, unexpectedly, and they just appear. So you're talking about someone, and then that somebody appears. You're talking about someone, and that someone sends you a message. You're talking about someone, and that someone phones you. Speak of the devil. Let's imagine you and your friend are bad-mouthing a person, to bad-mouth. Bad-mouth is a verb, which means to uh, talk badly about a person, to insult a person, to gossip negatively about a person. And let's imagine you're, you're bad-mouthing a person with a buddy of yours. And then suddenly that person calls you. Oh, speak of the devil. They heard you. They heard you bad-mouthing them. Maybe you're talking about a colleague at work in a negative way. Oh, I hate Johan. He is such a prick. He really grinds my gears at time. He irks me. And then suddenly your phone rings and you look down and you see Johan is calling you. Whoa, speak of the devil. So, to speak of the devil is a phrase that we use when a person who was mentioned in a conversation suddenly appears, suddenly calls you, suddenly messages you, suddenly is relevant right now. Alright, the next idiom with devil is to give the devil his due. I really, really, really like this one. To give the devil his due. To give the devil his due is a phrase that we use when we want to give credit or we want to acknowledge a person even if they are disliked or opposed. And not just a person. It could be a plan. It could be a move. It could be an article or something. It could be something that you don't like. Someone or something that you are opposed to. Someone or something that is generally disliked. And you emphasize that despite them being bad, they have some good qualities, some some good traits. All right, example one, in the workplace. Let's imagine that there is a disliked colleague at work. You know, maybe they're not very competent. Maybe they're going to get fired soon. But maybe this one person has come up with a great idea. And so the manager might say, Look, I know we haven't always seen eye to eye with Mark, but we have to give the devil his due. His analysis of the market trends was perfect and it really improved our strategy. He finally didn't fuck up. So in this case here, The manager is acknowledging Mark's contribution to the project. And, you know, he might not like Mark. He might think Mark is a douchebag. He might think Mark is going to get fired. He might think Mark is incapable of doing his job. But then suddenly Mark does something amazing. Well, I know we haven't seen eye to eye with him. We have to give the devil his due. His last report was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Nail on the head. Now let's talk about politics. There might be a politician that you don't like. There probably is. But I guarantee you that politician has done something that you do like. Something that has benefited your society or your country as a whole. Well, while many of us may oppose the senator's viewpoints, we must give the devil his due. His recent education reform has shown remarkable improvements in student performance. So while many of us 
may oppose or many of us do not like the senator's viewpoints, the senator's opinions, we must give the devil his due. And after you say that is when you mention what they did that was good, what they did well. After you mention, we must give the devil his due. Why? Why, why, why? You need to explain why. Well, his recent education reform was spot on. His recent educational reform was perfect. Look, I don't like Charles. He's a very sloppy worker. But to give the devil his due, he's really funny and he makes the office more fun. So you mention something bad about them. Maybe you mention why you don't like them. But then you must give the devil his due. And the due, the D-U-E part, is what they're owed. You know, D-U-E is what a person is owed, the due. And in this case here, he is due compliments, thanks, acknowledgement. There might be someone you don't like, but goddamn they're good at what they do think about it in your life not just in your professional life think about sports think about hobbies think about a part-time job that you had where there was someone you did not like working there but they were really good at what they did you know despite being a dickhead they're actually pretty goddamn good at what they do and yes he is an absolute dickhead but because he is so good at what he does I'm willing to overlack over, I'm willing to overlook his dickheadedness. So like Alex is a major dickhead. Alex is an absolute bastard. Nobody likes hanging out with Alex. But he is really, really, really good at what he does. And we really need him. So despite the fact that he's a dickhead, we're going to keep him. Let's give the devil his due. Alex is a bit of a dick, but he's also incredibly good at what he does. So we're going to keep him. So everyone, deal with it. Figure out how to get on with Alex because he's staying. Now I mentioned there about a sports team. Think about sports. Oh, I can't stand Alex, but I have to admit he is an excellent basketball player. Yeah, you know what, you're right. We have to give the devil his due. His skills on the court are undeniable. And if we want to win the cup, we're going to need him. So what about it, folks? Alex is a dickhead. But to give the devil his due, he is absolutely sensational at basketball. And another way that you can use it in your life is with the collocation. I hate to give the devil his due, but. I hate to give the devil his due, but blah, 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 blah. And that's when you go into more detail. So that is just a little bit of information about the idiom to give the devil his due. To give the devil what he is owed, essentially. All right. The next idiom we're going to look at is the devil is in the details. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very good one. Very relevant one. Uh, Depending on the field that you're in might be more relevant to you than others. But essentially, this idiom would suggest that problems or difficulties arise from the little points, the finer points, the specific details of a situation. So let's talk about contracts. Contracts. You know, when you're reviewing a contract, you must always look over the little details. Because the general picture could be very positive. The general picture could be in support of you, and that's great. However, the devil is in the details when it comes to contracts. And there might be one clause 
regarding a penalty. There might be one sentence talking about a reason you could get fired. There could be one little sentence about a hidden bank fee if you're looking to get a new credit card or doing some financial work, for instance. So imagine you're going to go get a new credit card. You need to look up some important information. You need to find out what your limit is, you know, how much you're allowed to spend. You need to find out where you get points. Did you know you're actually able to use your credit card to take cash out of a bank machine? A lot of people don't know that. But the thing is, if you take cash from a bank machine using your credit card, you're going to be charged a lot more interest compared to just purchasing a product with your credit card. In fact, if I take cash out, I believe no matter what, I have to pay $5 just for the service of using cash. Now, when I was looking at my contract for my credit card, it said that, but in tiny writing. You know, they want you to do it. They want you to take cash out because they will make more money on it. And so the devil is in the details. Read that little tiny sentence that says $5 purchase or $5 charge every time you use an ATM with your credit card. So when you are reviewing a contract, it could be for work. It could be for a loan with the bank. It could be for a credit card. It could be immigration. It could be anything at all. Not immigration. That's a form. But a contract. Make sure to read the little sentences and to make sure to remember the devil is always in the details. All right, another example. Event organizing. Like if you're planning a huge event... You know, it might, might be straightforward. You need food, you need music, you need a location, you need to invite certain people. But let's be honest, the devil is in the details when it comes to planning a large event. If you're organizing a wedding, there are so many details that need to be done, that need to be arranged. Where Where is everyone going to sit? Who's going to sit beside who? That's always a big thing at a wedding. Now, for me, it wasn't an issue. I had a wedding with six guests. Very small, easy, no problems. But if you have a wedding with a couple of hundred people, you need to have some careful consideration at where people are going to sit. Some people might not be friends with each other. Some people might hate each other. Some people might be besties. So you need to make a decision about where to sit people. And in that case there, we could say, oh, the devil is in the details with this wedding. Yeah, it's easy. We booked the venue, we booked the food. But by God, we have to arrange where everybody sits And then there's dietary restrictions, there's accessibility issues. Well, my Aunt Mary's in a wheelchair, so she has to go over here. But by God, my Uncle John is also in a wheelchair. Do we have space for two wheelchairs, for instance? So in that case there, for organizing an event, yeah, the large event, the overall picture is easy. Location, music, food, done. But the devil is in the details. What food exactly are you going to serve? What options do you have for vegetarians? What options do you have for dietary restrictions? What options do you have for accessibility? Who is going to sit beside who? What time is the music starting? Everything like that. So the devil is in the details when you're organizing an event. Another example that came up was the devil is in the details in terms of software development. Now I'm not too big into software dev but I have a lot of friends that are and they often tell me that like when they're looking for a bug I think it is what they call it in code 
it can be a tiny, tiny issue that causes a major problem, a major problem. And it might be something so small as a wrong letter, a space, or a question mark, or or some sort of figure where it shouldn't be. So a small coding error, like a very small coding error, could be an example of the devil is in the details. Why did the website crash? Oh, we're looking at it now, but you know, the devil is in the details. It's going to take us a while to find out. So in software development, you could probably use this. I don't want to talk about that for too long because I'm not too familiar with software development. But for event organizing, for project planning, that is another one that is incredibly important. I have a lot of friends in construction and architecture. And the devil is absolutely in the details when it comes to construction, architecture, or any of the trades. Any of the trades. Like, let's imagine you're building a 10-story building like you know 10 floors in a building there's a lot of work involved and like one thing is they got to pour concrete at a certain time but if you're pouring concrete you have to make sure the concrete is a certain type of concrete that it has a certain amount of air in it or a certain amount of whatever and the devil is really in the details when it comes to construction and architecture one tiny mistake there could have could have a catastrophic impact in the future so make sure you revise the details because we all know the devil is in the details all right some more examples number one Writing an essay is not just about the main argument. The devil is in the details. The correct citation, format, grammar, coherence of ideas, supporting ideas, vocabulary, they are all incredibly important. So it's not just the main idea. Like I said, the devil is in the details, folks. Make sure you get those details correct. Number two, the chef's recipe seemed very, very simple and rudimentary. But she knew that the devil was in the details. The precise measurements, the order of ingredients, and the cooking time were crucial for the perfect dish. Number three. In architecture, a building may look stunning in concept, but the devil is in the details. Materials, structural integrity, finishing touches can make a massive difference in the durability of the building. Number four, he thought assembling the bookshelf would be easy, but he soon realized that the devil was in the details as he struggled with tiny screws and precise alignments of parts. Ikea, folks. Think about Ikea. Have you ever gotten something from Ikea? Yeah, and putting it together might be a bit of a challenge because the devil is in the details and then suddenly you open a box and there's a million screws on the floor and you're thinking, shit, what did I get myself into? Oh, it can be quite frustrating. All right, the last example. Planning a wedding involves more than just the major decisions. The devil is in the details. The devil is in the details when it comes to selecting floral arrangements seating plans and the order of events so there you go folks the devil is in the details all right moving on the devil you know ah yes great one fantastic one so this phrase is better the devil you know than the devil you don't and it implies that it is safer It is more preferable to deal with someone or something that is known. Even though it has negatives, even though it might be unpleasant, 
It is better to deal with them than to deal with something we don't know. The easiest way to describe it is politics. Politics, politics, politics. You know, let's imagine your country, if you live in a democracy, is getting ready to vote. And you have a politician that you've had for 20 years and then you have a new politician who you don't really know. Well, a lot of people in this case would say, you know, I don't like the current government, but I don't know anything about the opposing party. It's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. I'm going to vote for the current government again. They're not perfect, but I don't trust the other party because I don't know them. So in that case there, like, you know, you have your current government and you might not be happy with them. But then you're trying to think, what is the alternative? Well, the alternative is Party B. But I don't know too much about Party B. I haven't done enough research about them. They're, they're new on the scene, for instance. Yeah, they're gaining popularity, but I still, I still don't know all their policies. I still don't trust the leader of that political party. So I'm not going to vote for them. I'm going to vote for the current government, even though I don't like them, even though I don't think they're the best people to lead our country right now. It's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. I would be afraid if we voted in party B that they would destroy this country because I don't know them. So safe bet, the devil we know. Think about business decisions in business. Let's imagine you have a supplier and your supplier doesn't always deliver on time. You know, sometimes they're a little bit late, but they always get there eventually. And you're thinking about switching to a new supplier. But switching to a new supplier can be risky because because it is. You're, you're changing things up. Oh, I don't know if we should switch suppliers. Look, I know our supplier can be a little bit unreliable in terms of timing, but it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. We don't know about these other suppliers. We don't know, but we need to do more research before we can trust them. So, in that case there, we're talking about the suppliers and how, yeah, our supplier's not perfect, but we don't know anything about the other suppliers. So before we switch suppliers, let's do a lot of research because the devil you know, which is the current supplier, is better than the devil we don't know. Think about a job situation. If you're not happy in your job, you might want a new job. You might be thinking about starting fresh. But if you do, that's a whole nother devil. That's a whole different devil. So like I mentioned, it's not just for people. It could be for a job. Oh, I'm not satisfied with my current job, but I'm, I'm hesitant to look for another. It's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Like I'm worried about starting fresh in a new company and I might not succeed there. Here, it's not perfect, but... I get an income, I get a raise every year, I get my holidays every year. This is the devil I know and it's not that bad. The devil I don't could be great or it could be terrible. Overall, the final word, we use this idiom to say it's better to deal with someone or something you know, even if you don't like them, than to deal with someone or something that might be worse. You're taking the safe option. Can you think of times in your life when you could have said, better the devil you know than the devil you don't? Guarantee you can think of some situations where it could have been used. All right, moving on. The devil's advocate. 
A person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or a policy. So to play devil's advocate, to play devil's advocate, means to argue against a viewpoint, not only because you believe it, but to stimulate discussion or to test the strength of an argument. I had a friend in college who would always play devil advocate and it really pissed me off. I could say Hitler was bad and I'm sure he would find a way to say Hitler was good. Well, let me play devil's advocate for Hitler. Are you kidding me? You really want to go down that route? But he would just do it because he wanted an argument. You know, he wasn't doing it because he actually liked Hitler. He was doing it because he wanted a freaking argument. It could be about anything, folks. Anything and everything. He'd always play devil's devil's advocate. Let's imagine you're in a business meeting. I think we should invest in expanding our product line. Okay, that's good. We can expand our product line. But then someone says, just to play devil's advocate here, should we not focus on improving our current products instead of trying to expand our products? So just to play devil's advocate here, would it not be better to improve our current products than to expand our product list? And that is a person who's saying that, look, your option is good, but let's also talk about this option here. This option that nobody wants to talk about, but I really think we should. Guns, 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 guns. Let's imagine you're having a debate with people, or you're in a bar having a conversation with people. What's your personal opinion about guns? What do you think, good or bad? Many people have them. Can you think of something good about them? Can you think of something bad about them? And can you think, like, number one, identify your opinion. Do you think guns are good or bad? Should they be legal or illegal? And then can you think of a reason against that? That's essentially what it means to play devil's advocate. So my name is Ronan. I'm a big supporter of guns. I think guns are great, good toys. You know, you can turn off the lights easily with them. You can open a can of beer with a gun. It's great. Those are all jokes, obviously. All right, seriously, you go hunting with a gun. That's great. But to play devil's advocate, guns can be used to kill people. Very basic argument. Oh, I love guns. They're great. But to play devil's advocate, they are used to kill people. Now, that's a very weak argument, of course. That's a very obvious argument. But the fact of the matter is, to play devil's advocate is to think of a reason against what you believe. I strongly believe that stricter gun control laws are necessary. Well, allow me to play devil's advocate for a moment. What about the argument the stricter laws might infringe upon our constitutional rights? Allow me to play devil's advocate for a moment. Blah, 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 blah. Great way to use that idiom. Allow me to play devil's advocate for a moment. Now, let me think of another argument. Guns can be used to kill people. But to play devil's advocate, they're also used for hunting, and hunting is essential for rural communities. In that example there, I introduced the idea that I don't like, and then I said, but to play devil's advocate, blah blah blah, but to play devil's advocate. And that's another way to use it. You introduce the idea you don't like, and then you say to play devil's advocate and you introduce the idea that you do like. And why do we play devil's advocate? For many reasons. 
One, you might believe it. Two, to stimulate discussion. Three, to test the strength of an argument. And four, to piss a person off. Some great reasons why people play devil's advocate. How do we use it? I'll play devil's advocate, blah, blah, blah. Allow me to play devil's advocate, blah, blah, blah. But to play devil's advocate, what about blah, blah, blah? Or, why do you always play devil's advocate? You're just playing devil's advocate to piss me off, aren't you? You don't really believe what you're saying, do you? Alright, can someone please play devil's advocate? Because we're all incredibly biased here. So, to play devil's advocate, to think about the other side of an argument, essentially. And guess what, folks? That's it. That is it for today. That is it for this week. My name is Ronan, and I have a healthy addiction to teaching English. I like to teach English on my Telegram channel. Check it out. I like to teach English on Instagram sometimes, but Instagram is boring me. It's kind of pissing me off lately. It's not really designed for teachers who are not good at selling themselves, which I am absolutely terrible at. At the start of the podcast, I mentioned how I'm horrendous at singing. I'm also horrendous at marketing myself. But if you're listening to this, I'm clearly doing something right. So what can you do? Do me a favor and sign up for my quick and dirty English training week. That is going to start on January 22nd. The aim of the quick and dirty English training week is to show you how easy it is to learn real, authentic, natural, filthy, beautiful, sexy English. I am so pumped for that training week. Like I've been teaching English for a long time and I've always wanted to teach it my way. You know, teach the nuances of the language, teach the filthy parts of the language, teach the slang, the idioms, the colloquialisms, the techniques that you don't get in a textbook. And I am so, so, so pumped for this course and this training week that's coming up. So do me a favor, go to my website or click the link in the description and sign up for the Quick and Dirty English free training week. You literally have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Apart from that, I am going to go and eat an apple. I'm probably going to drink some more coffee and then I'm going to just start preparing more and more and more for the upcoming training week. Folks, overall, I hope you are happy. I hope you are healthy and I hope something amazing happens to you in the next 24 hours. Thanks a million for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Bye.